0: You're listening to the Golf Science Lab Podcast, where we base our coaching and teaching on research. Hey, I'm your host, Cordy Walker. So we're gonna talk about variability, and we'll all encounter it when playing golf. It's just a part of the game, and we need to be able to give ourselves the best chance to succeed, given all this variability. So we're back with Lynn and Pia. And in their book, Be a Player, there's this great story illustrating this about Annika Sorenstein and when she played in a men's event. And Pia, I think you were you were there with her firsthand and it's really interesting. Why don't you go ahead and share it with us and, and kick us off with that?
1: Yeah, it was colonial. And um, well, the thing is, I think Annika is still probably the best player I've ever coached who could manage variability. You know, she ended up looking a lot like the robot always performing, but it was because she was so good at checking in and realizing that every day is variable. (laughs) You never have two days that are the same. And because she could adapt to that, she could perform so consistently well. But, you know, when she was going to play the Colonial, there, obviously externally, there were so many things new to her longer courses, different setup, different people to play with. And, and for her, enormously much attention put on what she was doing and how she was doing it and why she was doing it. So, but, but she was really smart in spending time and, and learning, you know, what the course was going to be and the setup and the shots she was going to need to have. And so she did all her homework in, in practicing the, what was going to be different. But it's, so it's so much that most players know about external variability that, you know, courses are different, weather is different, grasses are different, playing partners are different. But she also is good about realizing the internal variability. And in this case, for her playing in colonial, she's, you know, we talked about that beforehand, you know, she can always be a little nervous and stressed competing, but now it was gonna be amplified by five or ten because it was was so much pressure put on her. So she know whatever tendencies she had, they would just become much more so. So she needed to know how to manage herself much greater than in any other event. I was just gonna to add to that, you know Cordy, it was just Annika's honesty with
2: this internal variability that was, you know, obviously such an asset. And, yeah. you know, as it says in the book, she'd often ask herself, you know, okay, so Annika, what's happening and what are you feeling and what's under your control and what can you do about it? Yeah. So again, you know, you need to actually have that awareness, but then honesty of like, oh yeah, I'm really nervous or I'm really
1: tight or I'm I'm yeah. really worried or... Yeah, she you know. would be, you know, not only at Colonial, but I have so many other example from use opens which done really well that she would be so okay with saying you know what my mind is just so cluttered today like what can i do different to actually focus for these four or five hours or you know i don't know why but i'm just so nervous so what are the things i can do to make sure i don't start swinging too well she would be like you know she would be totally cool with being honest and share and then figuring out what to do about it and yeah, you know, we often say at our, our our golf schools is, is that
2: this variability that we experience as human beings, especially this internal variability, it's not a deficiency. Because many like, again, real golfers, 95% of the golfers out there, they'll just say that they're like, Oh, I'm nervous. Like, it's like, it's a bad thing. We're like, Oh, no, no, that's like a normal thing. That's not a deficiency whatsoever. Let's just check it out. How is it? that you are nervous and what happens, you know, to your physical state, your mental state, your emotional state when you're nervous. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, you can see there's a relief when you go, it's not a deficiency. It's just part of the human experience.
1: And and we, we just feel with any golfers coming and we usually bring it up the first day that many have had this perception that they are supposed to be consistent and the swing (laughs) should feel consistent from day to day. So they, they're, attempting something that is actually impossible. So we just tell them upfront we think it's a big myth, it's impossible. But it's about being really good about what we call be master variability instead. You know, checking in how am I tighter today? You know, am I like anxious about something today? What's going on and what am I gonna do about it? And then you can see more consistent performance. But The consistent performance only comes from when you're good good at being adaptable. This is a perfect recipe for creating frustration
2: in golf, is that you practice your swing over and over and over and over again on the range, so you practice it out of context, hoping it's going to get consistent, and then you completely ignore your internal variabilities. And then you go out on the golf course where it's now very different than it was the range and you've now ignored your internal variabilities and you start hitting it all over the place and you're like, but I hit it so good on the range. I was so consistent on the range and I can't seem to bring it to the golf course. Oh, I lost my swing. (laughs) Yeah, the famous one is (laughs) I lost my swing. (laughs) They
1: always say, where do you go?
0: So, someone that's not very good at managing variability is someone that maybe is not aware enough to understand that things are always going to be different every time that they're trying to perform at their best. Is that right? Or-
2: yes. And and they may have that, that they're chasing this impossible consistency and that belief is is kind of
1: stuck in the way as well. Yeah. And when we say that, we're not saying it's not good to practice a lot and you know fine tune your technique but even the ones who have the most perfect swing ever still knows every day on the golf course even it's going to be a different thing <laughs> we never had any golfers ever said i have had two golf days that were exactly the same the score might have been the same but how it comes about and how the shots felt and how you are chipping putting swinging there's always some variation to it so that's why we To help golfers with this, I mean, first of all, many just relax when they hear it, like, whew, it's like, I'm okay. (laughs) That Some days it feels really easy warming up, and some days it does not. I said, yeah, it does for everybody. And then we want them to start getting curious about what are the common denominators they seem to do when they play well. We we call it My54 just to have a word for it, but what are the common denominators? So one golfers might find, well, it seems to be when i'm like i'm calmer i'm not like i um, take some deep breaths and it seems to be when i really see the ball flight really well and it seems to be when i i feel i hold my finish in balance or whatever so we want them to start identifying writing down things they they seem to do and experience when they play well and then obviously the opposite when they don't play well what are the things that normally change and then they start having a map, their own unique map, how to deal with this.
0: You said something really interesting when talking uh, about Annika that uh, although she looked like a robot, which I which I totally get what you're saying there, that she was managing a lot of variability. Could you could you maybe explain that a bit more? Because I think that's a really interesting statement that, that you said there about how she maybe externally looked, yet was handling all this change and everything going on.
1: Yeah, you know, it would be on all fronts. Like she... She would know, like you know, she's a fast player, and today I'm playing with some really slow players. And if I don't have a plan for this, I know I'm going to start getting irritated and start thinking too much about their long routines or why they're not ready when they're their turn to hit. And she knew that okay, that's going to make my body get tighter and having more adrenaline. So it might make my sw- swing tempo increase and might might make me have more tension in the body, and I don't even have a performance state because I'm thinking too much. So then she would say, like, you know, today is a day I need to, like, go on vacation more between shots (laughs) and be in my own world. And I might need to make sure that I take more breath just so I don't get, like, my tempo racing, that, you know, you realize something is different here. So what do I as a player need to do to make sure I don't get in a bad performance state? So it would be something like that.
0: What would be the traits of someone who is not very good at managing variability? Obviously, some of the you know the external traits of, of Anika were that kind of almost calm, cool, and collected, and, and like you said, robotic. So, I mean, what would be some of the the traits, or what would you see in someone that's n- not good at this?
1: <laughs> we actually we have well, uh, the stories in the book, and it happened last year where area Utanagan she was close to winning the the ANA the first major of the year in 2016 and uh she was leading by a couple of shots with whatever three four holes to go and uh she made bogey 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 <laughs> and she she uh came in second place so that was a perfect example because she was really new to l- learning what what we were doing but afterwards, when we talked right away, she said, I'm so confused because I just tried to do the same, and the same i been doing because it's been going so well. So I just tried to do the same in how I made a decision, tried to do the same in what she focused on in the play box, but like it didn't work. <laughs> and that's why she had her big learning. And she said, that's why this tournament was the most important tournament for her, because she changed, but she ignored it because as we talked, she was aware of that she was leading. So we asked her, so you're aware of with you leading? Yes. I, you know, I was thinking more. And, and then we saw on television that she was more tight in her face and she, her tempo got faster. So all these things changed the last four holes, but she just tried to do the same as she had been doing. So she learned when she feels like, okay, I'm close to winning. I'm getting nervous. I'm thinking more, which is really normal. So it would be the time to take some more deep breath. It would be the time to maybe have a playing focus of 80% tempo. It would be the time to do something a little different. So in her case there, it was totally an example of not being adaptable because she didn't even know what that was at that time.
2: I just tell you one other quick story. It's again, it's a, a tour player story, but you know, we've done some coaching uh, with IK Kim and actually we, we started coaching her after she, she missed the small putt at, at the ANA to win, uh, win there in Palm Springs a few years back. And, uh, when we started coaching her, she finally did say to us, she said, you know, I stood over that little putt and I thought if I just make the same routine like I always do, you know it's only like a three foot putt the ball's going to go in the hole but she said you know i was over the over the putt and i knew it wasn't going to go in
1: yeah i had a feeling it was going to go right
2: and she said but i just ignored it and so again that you know i mean she missed the putt and then, you know the story the story is what it is but again that this this ability to like listen in and be aware of your internal signals and that is a skill. It's again, just a skill to have enough exercises where you can explore with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what to say with that is not like, okay, this is going to take forever. It's just getting a few things in yeah. place that we know are really coming off, like stepping into a shot and not trusting my decision or st- stepping into a shot and I'm thinking about what happened in the last hole there there's some really common simple denominator in golfers that if they only take care of those they can usually start performing a lot better
0: all right so the q a for this episode we have one from jose here and he asks what kind of training do you do on the golf course with beginner golfers i think it's a great one
1: it's a great 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 one and we 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 think as early as possible it's so important to get the new golfer to have an experience of the game (laughs) so even if it means they just try to hit two three shots a hole or even start close to the green but they get the feel for the game as soon as possible we are very 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 big fans of that so absolutely And, and some of these skills and human skills just like technique they go from you know just a simple baseline to more mastering things so we we would want them right away just like they need technically to know how to grip the golf club and how to make a little motion they need for example right away to understand the difference when is it good to think in golf and when is it good to be more sensing so they learn the think box play box from the very 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 beginning that would be one. Yeah, And then, you know, we can just go on and on. But another thing, and this is why it's so much easier to be in the golf course, that if we can help them from the beginning to separate process and outcome, meaning that they stay with the swing sensation till the end of the stroke or the end of the swing before they are concerned about the outcome, we're gonna we make major progress quicker. <laughs> because most golfers especially going on the golf course, as soon as they get close to impact, it's all about the outcome. So that's why we think as a newer golfer, just learning that from the beginning is a very, very big factor.
2: Yeah. And that, that you know, is the purest sense of play that they're out there just playing and obviously then exploring and not scoring and um, getting into some sort of measurement of, okay, yeah. I'm really good or I'm really bad kind of thing by keeping score. They're just out there in the purest sense playing yeah. so that they do separate process and outcome. And,
1: and for us too, that they get just the little mini experience in being more self aware. I mean, it happens to us actually. We had a, a newer golfer actually in our last golf school and, and, you know, like they do, maybe she had a, 20 footer or 15 footer and she hits it like at least 30 feet by because she has no you know, experiences of speed. But it's better to let her do that. And I remember just ask her, okay, so what do you think you could do next time so the ball doesn't go quite as far? And then she had to actually think for herself. And even though she's a new golfer, I mean, they're smart enough Said, well, wow, so would it would work if I just made a little smaller stroke? And I say, yeah. But she gets herself Discover from the beginning because we want the skills to be in their backbones, not be stuck in us as teachers, so that's why having this exploring on the course we just feel that they can the their progress of learning to play the game goes incredibly much faster yeah and you
2: know another skill that we think is so important is what we call the memory box or how the brain stores memories, and that again a new golfer learns right away that there's a skill needed in their post shot reaction, after every swing or every stroke, again, they're often, you know, are driven to that reaction, because maybe, you know, they're comparing themselves to others in the group, or they think they're supposed to have had two putts, and now they've had five putts or whatever it is, but right away, just that they start to learn this foundational skill of managing their emotions.
1: Yeah, so just that they know from the beginning, it's like, if I like shots, I should feel something positive inside of me, and if I miss a shot, which you will do, especially as a new golfer, is learning to be objective, because then we know they're going to build confidence much quicker learning this game. So we we are like, even though we don't spend enormously much of time right now with the new golfer, we love to get to do it some, and we have other coaches doing it, and we just feel they get to the love for the game much quicker. And they transfer to actually being player much more efficiently. So the the technical thing they do has a context, and it, it we couldn't stress it enough. So one game within the game, who often works really well with a new golfer, is just to play a game and just put a mark on the scorecard if they can finish the swing in balance. So hold the balance for two seconds and be. They may hold their their finish for two seconds and make sure they're on balance and they can just come in and say, wow, today I did 25 times and yesterday I only did 15 times. So we just find games that is useful for them, but they're doable and that it's okay not to hit all the shots, but just testing some shots on each hole and just, you know, be with golfers and feel like a golfer.
0: It's really understandable when beginners get on the golf course, they become so outcome oriented. You said process (laughs) oriented over outcome um focused and that idea of creating the game within the game to you know help them help them get outside of that outcome focus of like oh, i shanked it like uh, this is this is awful i give up uh you know like to, <laughs> yeah, to have something beyond exactly. that is is so good no
1: and we we, we so we just feel from our heart you know we want golfers to you know to learn to love the game and we want them to like to play golf and we just think we as teachers coaches need to go beyond only focusing on the the technical part of the swing but help them to to be be real golfers that stay in the game and love the game
2: yeah and you know and again that they and i I mean they said they don't have to get ready for golf but that from the very beginning as a new golfer beginner golfer they they start to see that they're a player Mm -hmm. that they can be a player at this level even you know just as a new golfer we want them to be players of the game straight away
0: All right, so our exploration for the week we're talking about variability. Uh, give us some ideas to to explore variability and yeah. become a master of it. You
1: know, that, doing the, the exploring on the course with this is uh, you can be so creative to do so much because of course with the, you know, external variability like that. We think it's really good that you you play from the front tees and you play from the back tees. You know, you play with two different strategies on the golf hole. You you make sure you hit shots from bad lies and good lies. You make sure you all, all the variability that you know happens that you practice. You if you don't like slow play, we want you to play a few holes that you have to stand and wait for a couple of minutes every time before you hit your shot. So you actually learn to how to do that. <laughs> or some can't play when the pass pace, pace of play is faster, so we have them okay, let's play three holes that you kind of like Walk faster, make your routines half of what it normally is, and learn how to play that way. So, in any way we can, we want the golfers to be adaptable and uh, and learn to deal with that. And it's like endless how much you can do with that.
0: Lynn, do you have another uh, another exploration?
1: Well, yeah, for and, us? you
2: know, <laughs> um, well, I, I like the whole speed golf one, but it, we a- actually have like a twist on it too. Is you would stand behind? your shot, and you'd actually turn your back to the hole. And and so you turn your back to the hole, and then maybe your friend or whoever you're playing with says, okay, go. And now you turn around and you face the hole, and you have to actually kind of jog up to the ball and hit the shot. So it's just that it's a modified speed golf, but it also that you, it's creating more of an instinct to hitting, hitting the shot. So you're not just standing there looking, looking ahead and planning the shot and so forth. So that's kind of fun.
1: But we, you know, we we did it. We do it with players when we're out in practice round. We will on purpose get them really nervous and stressed about stuff, and then you go, okay, what can you do? So maybe some don't like playing yet when people are watching. Yeah. So we will bring out people to come and watch and camera. You know, imagine this is the. The first time we play in the club championship, we're all watching, and then you know, at first they don't like it, but then we we want to help them. Okay, so when you don't like it like that, what happens to you? Like externally, we might see that they don't even finish their swing, but then we ask them and said, "Yeah, you know, I can't even focus. I'm like all oh, my brain is just all cluttered." So, but we want to bring on the things that bug you, <laughs> and then find a way to deal with it. So that's, that's why this variability piece is it's so much fun and there's so much you can do, but only practice under my ideal conditions and having nothing happening that is, breaks away from that. And usually I say it would be like, my goal is to learn to bike in Manhattan, but all my practice is on in a spinning, spinning bike in a gym. <laughs> and I might get really good at spinning in the gym. My form might be perfect, technique perfect, but I'm going to be really not good biking in Manhattan because I'm not <laughs> trained to any variability.
0: <laughs> that is a fantastic analogy, and I, and I really hope that people do go out and, and do some of these explorations out there. Uh, I know that there's a temptation of like, oh, I only get to play once a week, so I got to take it super seriously when I'm out here because this is my only chance this week. But you know, like doing this stuff is going to be way better than trying to set super high expectations, get disappointed and end up being pissed off when you're going home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: I love these ideas, these explorations, and these are actually kind of how the book is laid out at the end of these chapters. You have these concepts that people can go take to the golf course. So let's just take a second to chat about the book. Cause it's it's awesome uh, but, but besides that uh why don't you describe it quickly for, yeah, I for mean, folks
1: the book for us you know came about because we feel that golfers all of us no matter if you're tour player or newer to the game we need to bring more of the learning to the course so the whole book is about learning on the course and it is to add this the human component you know we have the technical component, but to really add the human component as being absolutely foundational for any golfer. So it's about on course and how to add the the human skills to what you're doing. Yeah. And then at at the end of
2: every chapter are exercises and explorations for you to go out there and do it.
1: Because that's been our learning too from the last few years now that many can understand these concepts but they don't do them, And then it doesn't do you any good. So that's why we're so passionate and we spend a lot of time now finding useful, applicable ways of practicing on the course, because any golfer needs to go out and do it. And from the doing, draw out the things that is good for their golf games.
0: And it's super easy to read. I love all of the experiences and, and stories in there. You guys have so many good Good examples mixed in throughout there.
2: Uh, thanks, Cordy. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really hoping that, you know, obviously the book is a success, but, but more importantly that it just helps more people enjoy the game and, and start to reach their goals, uh, in golf too, you know, cause, uh, so many are stuck not reaching their goals or, uh, would like to say like saved another one we were just talking to a uh, actually a, a golf journalist last week at a pga tour event and he goes i just don't play anymore I, i'm even thinking i don't know if i want to play and we said oh come on you know first get our book and then you know f- come out and see us in scottsdale and we promise you we're going to say we saved another one <laughs> <laughs> you know was, we, we want people to stay in the game and enjoy the game and yeah and, and reach their goals
0: Perfect. Everyone should definitely pick this up on Amazon. And thanks for joining us for our uh, second episode in the series. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Cordy.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on this episode with Lynn Marriott and Pia Nielsen. Make sure to go pick up their book, Be a Player. It's a really, really good book. I've been enjoying going through it. A lot of their explorations of these different ideas are just invaluable. So pick that up, Be a Player. It's on Amazon. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and join us next week on the episode. This podcast was produced by Just Hit Publish Productions. Music includes Something Elated by Vote for Free Attribution 3.0 United States. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you all next week.